0: All right, docs, let's face it, time to get real. You tune into docs outside the box because you want to know how to take control of your career, right? Well, look, my new sponsor, Provider Solutions and Development, they have a team of experts ready to guide docs just like you through today's job landscape. Now, whether you are looking to dive deeper into your specialty or you want to find a healthier work-life balance, they can help find the right fit for you. So I want you right now to start the conversation with a PSND career coach at psdrecruit.org forward slash docs outside the box. What's good, everyone? This is Dr. Nee. Listen, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Stella Safo. She is a co-founder of an organization called Vote Health 2020, and this organization is nonpartisan. And they are committed to helping their peers, so that's us medical professionals, as well as patients, register to vote and vote safely this fall. And it's not just registering to vote, it's easily registering to vote, right? They really want us as medical professionals to jump out there, rock to the vote, but they also want us to help our patients register to vote very easily. As you know, the results of this upcoming election has so many far-reaching effects from how we pay for healthcare to some of the coverages that occur in healthcare. So it's really important that everyone gets a chance to vote. And if I didn't say it, I'm saying it again, they are nonpartisan. So it doesn't matter who you are going to vote for. It's just important to understand the scope of this election. Now, listen, before we get into this, I want you to make sure that you share this episode with another medical professional If you're a med student, share this with one of your classmates. If you're pre-med, once again, same thing, share with one of your classmates. If you're in attending, share with one of your colleagues. Let them know that this organization exists and they have made it super easy for you to register to vote as well as make it easy for your patients also. Okay, so I'm going to be featuring another guest in a couple of more episodes who is doing another simple way to make it easy for patients to vote. But listen, without further ado, let's get on with Dr. Stella Safo with Vote Health 2020. Let's get it. Three, two, one. Hey guys, Dr. Stella, welcome to Docs Outside the Box. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be here.
0: You representing the planet of Brooklyn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm representing something. I'm bringing West Africa, Brooklyn, I'm bringing all of it.
0: <laughs> so we're here to talk about Vote Health 2020, which is a phenomenal organization that I just got put up on and I'm really excited okay. about. And um, we only got what, how many days, 30 days left, or a little over 30 days? I
1: try not to count them because it makes me feel insane. But we have less than 40 days until these elections. There are states where your voter registration will be done in about six days. So let's just say, you know, time is really pressing upon us. We don't have a ton of time to
0: get this done. Mm, Okay. So you guys are trying to get the vote out from a medical professional standpoint, as basically using medical professionals as the front line. Let's talk about this because look, I'm nervous about the election. I got anxiety mm-hmm. about the election. My family's got mm-hmm. anxiety. People who I take care of got anxiety. Like, this is some stressful times, yo. So let's get down to mm-hmm. it. Let's talk about this.
1: Yeah. So, like, uni, you know, I'm from Ghana. My parents came to this country, and I have to say, my parents are some happy American citizens. They believe in this country so deeply. They're yeah. so glad to be able to add to the American dream. And then, you know, we hit what we hit in 2016. And I just want to start off by saying Vote Health is very nonpartisan. Me, myself, Stella, feel some kind of way about certain things. But as I wear my Vote Health hat, you're going to hear me kind of speak in my nonpartisan voice. Mm -hmm. And so my parents, you know, to me, have always inspired this sense of like, every election, whether it's a local election, a national election, you're voting. That's just what we do. And so it was very surprising to me, I think, being in medicine to realize that doctors kind of shy away from talking about voting themselves and shy away from having their patients talk about voting with them. I'm not talking about which candidates your patients are voting for, which candidates you're voting for, just getting your patients out to vote. So Vote Hall 2020 was born of this idea that, listen, this election in 2020 is no joke. Every single person has to be able to vote. And you know what is crazy is like in the middle of a pandemic too, like we have to figure out how to get people out to vote. So we said, Who do people listen to? Who do you trust? Right now, no one trusts anyone. But if, you know, we (laughs) hope that you still trust your clinicians. Right. If your clinicians are telling you, hey, here's how make sure you're registered to vote. Here's how you get out to vote safely. We just thought we had a message that we could really share and help make sure everyone could get out, vote, and vote safely this election season.
0: Mm. So when did this organization start? And how are you guys ensuring that because I know the big thing is nonpartisan. Talk to us about that, because you notice no matter who's listening, there's going to be questions. This mm-hmm. is some type of a front for this uh, side of the aisle is going to be in affront front for that. side. talk to us about that and all that.
1: I think it's important that I've had people who said to me, look, Stella, you know, I can't be part of this organization because I'm going to vote for Biden so hard. And like, it's going to show the second, you know, anyone talks to me about voting. So I can't. And I say to them, listen, all that you have to do is say to your patients, literally, hey, are you all set to vote? Do you feel safe going to vote if you're voting in person? That's it. No one has to know that you love Trump or that you love Biden. So we started in the summer of 2020 with the idea, again, that like these elections were going to be really scary because we weren't getting a lot of direction from our local and certainly not our national government about just things like how are we taking care of ourselves when we're in these big spaces with people? Can we go and vote in person? Is that safe? So we felt like as clinicians, we should really have a voice in this. And I'll tend to talk about clinicians, you know, doctors, NPs, PAs, but I really think that anyone in the healthcare space, nurses, front desk staff, admin staff, anyone that you see when you go to your clinic, you know, you trust them. And so all those people, in my opinion, have a real pressure on them this election season to help other people feel safe, you know, as they're going out to vote. So since the summer of 2020, we got ourselves together, we built a whole bunch of materials because we want to make it super easy for people to be able to use the materials that we have. I'd love to talk about some of those materials because my hope is that as y'all are listening, you're like, yo, let me see if I can go help. Let me see if I can put up a flyer. You know, if you get even one person registered to vote, you have done something truly, truly incredible.
0: Then let's do it. Tell us about this. Let's roll into it. So
1: you go to votehealth2020.com. You go to the resources page and on the resources page, the idea of this, and I really insisted on this because I still see HIV patients in clinic. And it's busy. My patients come in, they have seven or eight different disease states that they have to deal with. We have 20, maybe 30 minutes. There's no time. So don't come at me with, oh, help your patients to vote. And it's difficult. So we really, really, really made sure it was easy. And what it looks like is... they'll
0: say it's the time thing.
1: Yeah. And then we're yeah. going to get
0: into this later on. Like, well, should we be doing this? So, but yes, I'll let you keep going on what you're talking yeah. about.
1: Yeah. So we wanted to make it super easy. So what it is when you go onto the website is you have tons of ways to emphasize voting, either to the kind of larger social media um, world. So you have tweets that you can just plug in and use, you have Instagram feeds that you can plug in and use. And then what I love, this is the part that's really fun, is you can also now really have materials that you have that are patient-facing. So you print off these flyers and these flyers are cool because they're super simple. Literally, it says basically like, go vote and it points you to a QR code that you point your mm. camera to. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. You point your camera to, you can check if you're registered to vote. You can register to vote if you're not registered, or you can get an absentee ballot. So if you're a clinician and you don't have any time to be dealing with this, you don't want to talk to your patients about it, all you have to do is print this flyer, put it up by the elevators, put it up in the clinical rooms, put it up everywhere. Put
0: on your lanyard, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You could print the sticker that you see And put it on your lanyard, you put it on your PPE. So when you're done and you rip off your PPE, that also goes, I'm telling you, we made it so it can't get easier than this. And literally you can do this in your house today, print these flyers and start using them and patients will do it. Cause you know, I had a patient yesterday, I was running late. So I put him in the office and I said to him, oh, you know, I'm going to leave this flyer with you. Check it out. Came back. He pointed his camera to it. He was filling the stuff in. Right. And so it fills patient's time as you're you know, running late. If you're like me, you're always running late. And so, again, we made it super... I get
0: it. I get it. Ghana time. I get it. I got the same issue.
1: (laughs) You know it. And then there are two other things that we included on our resources. People say to me all the time, look, my administration won't let me do this because they say it's not legal. So we included a legal tool that basically shows a couple of different laws that have been put into place from the National Voter Registration Act, basically saying, look, like any place that gets federal funds is encouraged, strongly encouraged to do voter registration. So it's actually... Really? Yeah. It's the opposite. Say that
0: again, Dr. Stella. No,
1: let me tell you. So we think that we're not allowed to do anything around voting within clinical spaces. It's the opposite. If you're getting, especially if you're a federally qualified health center, you're getting federal funds and you're treating Medicaid patients, you are encouraged, strongly encouraged, just short of mandated, but very strongly encouraged to do voter registration within your clinical centers. It just has to be nonpartisan. That's what we're all about. That's what Vote Health is all about, is that it has to be nonpartisan. All you're doing is telling people to get out to vote. So those are some of our tools.
0: This is dope. So while you were talking, and the audience can't see it though, but I was sharing the screen of the resources page. And there, like you said, there are very simple and easy ways for you to really share this information as healthcare professionals, medical students, what have you, Like I said, if you all you like to do is everything on your cell phone, then there's an option to share graphics or an option to tweet. And if you're lazy like me, all I gotta do is Mm -hmm. there's emails. All you gotta do is click on this button that says click to send an email and it'll create an automatically generated email. And I guess you just put in whatever information and then you can send it off. I mean, it's very simple, easy for someone like me who's very busy and I'm moving from patient to patient to patient to patient. Boom, scan here, particularly with the QR code. I love it. I love it because there's one thing to say let's add on this, you know, we need to be an advocate for our patient. You know, we need to do this. But when you're busy, you know, you're in Brooklyn yeah. and you're practicing in New York, you're very busy. I'm a trauma surgeon. I'm really busy. Family medicine docs, you know, they're yeah. really good. So the thing is the time and the time gets in the way, but you've made it really easy for us to really be the, you know, to really educate our audience about this. Now, the thing I want to ask you about, I want to tell you a quick story. So I grew up in Queens, yeah. uh, New York for a little bit, then we moved to New Jersey, but there wasn't anybody in my family who was a physician. So everything I learned about being a doctor was from TV. Mm. You know, I always kind of knew that, you know, we were like that last group of people who are going to protect our patients, whatever it may be, right? Mm. So whatever it may be, we were there to protect our patients, right? So whether it's from disease, whatever it is, including even this civic engagement, like you need Mm -hmm. to get out there and vote because you need to protect X, Y, and Z. There are people out there making decisions on your behalf. Don't you think you should be part of it? But I didn't know that there's actually a a whole slew of people, majority of doctors who actually feel like they really shouldn't comment on this. Let's talk about that. Let's break that down. So,
1: yeah, you know, I think what's so interesting is and when I found this out, I was kind of ashamed for us. Which is that doctors vote less than lawyers, than teachers,
0: you know, lawyers. vote
1: (laughs) Exactly. But here, let's come back to it. So doctors vote (laughs) less than lawyers. They vote less than teachers and they vote less than farmers okay, teachers and farmers, y'all are awesome. You do what you need to do. Now, lawyers is interesting to me. I thought to myself, lawyers vote hard because they're in the legal system. They see day in and day out what happens to individuals when the elected sheriff makes decisions or the elected judges make decisions. But I would argue the doctors, even more than lawyers see that stuff. We see the effects of the policies on our patients' bodies. When you know there's decisions made to not have Healthy food options in you know, low-income neighborhoods, what happens? We see that diabetes, we see the hypertension when there are, you know, lack of addressing violence within our communities. We see patients come in, you're seeing it, you know, patients coming in with gunshot wounds and stabbings and rapes and all the other things. So we literally are the individuals bearing witness to failed policies, to you know, local policies, local and federal policies that don't serve our patients. How is it that we don't take that? kind of call to action and get to the ballot box and make sure we're voting for the individuals that'll protect our patients. You know, how is it that way? I was really surprised and shocked and a little ashamed that we weren't getting out there. So when this started, I was like, I'm getting every clinician, nurse, admin to get out and vote that I know. And then I thought, okay, even better for us is that our patients follow us. Our patients really listen to us, you know? And so it felt like not only do we have to get our peers engaged more, we also need to make sure that we are kind of guided and helping some of our patients. I got someone yesterday who registered to vote who he's in New York and he'd never voted in all 49 years of his life. Really? So he said, Well, I live in New York, it doesn't matter. And I said to him, in these elections, oh, wow. the popular vote absolutely matters. Every state mm-hmm. that you're in, red, blue, like the margin of the popular vote is gonna be very, very important. So I said, you know, you gotta register. He was like, you know, he felt excited knowing that he was doing something his doctor was talking to him about. He's gonna go. He's like, Doc, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to send it to you. Mm -hmm. You know, people are excited and it becomes fun. So to your point, though, of why we're not engaged, I think there's a sense that medicine has to be neutral.
0: Yeah, that's what it is.
1: But voting is neutral. Did I tell you to go vote for Biden? Did I tell you to go vote for Trump? Did I tell you to go vote for Elmo? I didn't say anything about who you vote for. I just said vote, right?
0: (laughs) Vote for for Elmo. Elmo. Let's let's
1: get Elmo in there, right? So, 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 (laughs) So my feeling with it is that there's no reason why we can't continue to be neutral. It doesn't bother me that, you know, you're going to vote for maybe someone that I really disagree with, right? I just want to make sure that you're exercising your ability and your power to vote because that means that, you know, maybe there's someone being elected that could close down this hospital. Now that you have the practice of voting, you'll know, oh man, this person wants to shut down the hospital that my doctors out I'm going to make sure I vote that person out. That's a way that you are empowered and you can kind of keep yourself protected and people that you love protected. So for me, it's 2020
0: and beyond. That's the beyond part, because I think we're all learning now is that like, there's all this excitement, anxiety, emotions Mm. for a presidential Mm. election. Mm. And then all of that stuff, well, for certain people, all of that excitement kind of dips big Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, the midterm elections aren't as important or the state or even the city type of elections. There's not that much of a push, really. And as a result, you know, certain people get put into office and then everybody is affected by this. People are upset. Why can't X, Y, and Z happen? It's like, but dude, like that doesn't occur in the presidential election that occurs. That's right. The year after the presidential election or two years after the presidential election. Come on y'all. Now, trust me, I've been there. So I know So whether it's you're not challenged at work anymore or administration is pissing you off or look, you just can't stand your partners anymore. You know when the writing is on the wall to leave your practice. Now, our sponsor, Provider Solutions and Development, they have a team of experts that are ready to guide you through today's physician job landscape. With over 20 years of experience, they are committed to finding you the right team, the perfect setting and the work you are meant to do. PSND in house recruiters are not focused on quotas and they don't work on commission. That's what I'm talking about. Whether this is your moment to shine, pivot direction, discover something new, or heck, look, just be a doc outside the box, Provider Solutions and Development has access to hundreds of opportunities across the country. Reach out today at www.psdrecruit.org forward slash docs outside the box. Do you guys intend on like still pushing this into like 2022?
1: and? Awesome question. I mean, I can't imagine us stopping at this point because think about that guy that I mentioned to you, the first time voter who's voting in these elections for the first time. I hope when I see him in two years and it's time for the midterms, we're having the same conversation. Hey, you know, Mr. So-and-so, let's get you back in there. These elections are coming up. They're not as popular, but they're important for these reasons. I would say one of the things that people have talked about in the democratic circles is that When Obama was elected, you know, in 2008, we left him on his own in the midterm elections in 2010. And that's part of the reason why he struggled to enact some of the policies that he was determined to do. For my, you know, folks on the Republican side, you know, Trump losing control of the House in 2018 has kind of been challenging for him. So, you know, for the candidates, you know, nationally that you really support that you've helped to get in there, you got to think, okay, now I got them in. How am I going to back up, you know, my person? Right? Yeah. How am I going to make sure that like we keep, we go hard. Let me so, tell you yes.
0: something. Let me tell you something right now. Yeah. I knew who was going to win in 2018 and who was going to win mm-hmm. in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yo, Dr. Stella. So in 2008, I was in Georgia doing my residency. And there was like a three hour wait mm-hmm. for early voting, mm-hmm. for early voting. People mm-hmm. were ready. I was there. People were ready. Yep. And then 2016 came and me and my wife and we were waiting to get ready to vote yo, we were in a different neighborhood. I mean, it was like lines around mm-hmm. the corner. People were coming from nursing homes. People were That's on oxygen. Yes, they were waiting in front of They're like, we coming to vote. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, so that it was just kind of like, you know, like, you can tell. You can you tell. Can tell. People are excited and are ready to go. So
1: <laughs> yep. yeah. I definitely think that, you know, for me, the thing that I feel really inspired by as we talk about this is Sometimes I'll get people say to me, well, you know, why does voting matter?
0: I love the siren in the background. That's so Brooklyn. I love
1: it. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. That's how you're
0: authentic right there. You you
1: know that I'm not lying to you. I'm not upstate. I'm definitely in Brooklyn,
0: right? You could have been eating a pizza (laughs) at the same time too. I would have believed you too.
1: (laughs) This is like nonstop here. But what I was going to say is that, you know, one of the things that I think is very important to emphasize, especially in our communities, you know, in black communities is we have been disenfranchised. Some of the ways that they took the vote from us We're absolutely real. There is a feeling uh, that I think is right to have of like, you know, almost angry at like, why is it that now everyone's talking about voting? I vote and these things don't change. I definitely, definitely hear that. I want to say these elections are different. 2020, there's a lot at stake. The next president will determine how we treat our climate in terms of climate change. The next president will choose some, you know, Supreme Court justices. The next president may decide how our healthcare is paid for. So these elections are different. So whether you believe in it or not, we got to vote. But I will add to it that to me, voting is one part of this. One thing I loved is when I saw doctors get out on, into these protests, I definitely saw it in New York and I think around the country, when George Floyd was murdered, people said, we can't just sit here and be giving you care within this clinic or just you know, doing our operations and that's it. We're putting on our white coats and our scrubs and we're marching alongside you in the streets. So to me, voting is one part of civic engagement. But you know, I like to go all the way. I think clinicians should be on the streets. I think we should be, you know, picketing in you know, different policies that affect our patients. I think that medicine is advocacy. Mm-hmm. I think that to really do it all the way, we have to advocate for our patients. You know how hard it is when you can't get a prior authorization, you go in hard. Oh, that yeah. exact same attitude is what we need to bring into all these you know, civic spaces where we as minorities, we as women, you know, any of our marginalized individuals are being challenged. We as clinicians need to add our voices to that because people do listen to us for better or worse. People do listen to us. And I think we have to make sure that we're pushing to help our patients in all the ways we can from voting to protesting and everything else that's included.
0: You know, that's a really good point. You know, there are times when I'm talking to my friends, friends who are not Black or friends who are not minority in nature. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask me like, what is the push with you know, minority this or Black this? Like, what is the big issue? And they're asking genuinely. And I say, well, oftentimes, like, we are at the fringes. We are marginalized. So you really need healthcare to really, like, we're almost like the canaries in the uh, coal mine, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have a system that helps the people who need it the most, what you think is going to protect you later on, like, this yeah. is just a sign of what to come. So that's why everybody needs, this is important for everyone. Because if you have that's a healthcare true. system, and we saw an example of this with COVID, if you have a system that doesn't work for people who need it the most, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. for people who obviously can pay for it and so forth, it's still going to be a problem, right? Exactly this stuff, right. for the most part, doesn't, you know, pandemics don't discriminate for the most part. There are things you can do to mitigate it, but for the most part, like it's really important that we treat the people who are marginalized, you know, we take care of them the most because it only helps us overall, you know, do better. And they understood that. And I think that's the reason why when we talk about these issues on this show or in any other show, it's really important to, to explain that to people that that's the reason why.
1: And we have so many lessons we can learn from them too. You know, there's a lot, people don't realize this, but there's a lot of things that we took from how HIV and HIV patients, patients living with HIV were some of the most stigmatized and are still are. And there's a lot of lessons that we took from that group and how things were dealt with with them. And we applied to COVID. A lot of the actual technical vaccine making that we're doing, and even some of the testing that we're doing came from HIV. A lot of the work that we're talking about around, you know, destigmatizing COVID infection, we learned it from how we treated HIV patients and how people then went underground when they were infected. I think to your point of the importance of these kind of marginalized groups being the canary in the coal mine, it's not only that. I think it's also kind of a step farther. There are lessons from how we jacked it up and messed it up before that we should take in the time of a pandemic and not make those same mistakes. So I feel very, very passionately that you want to be looking for what Scholars in Health Equity are saying. You want to be looking for what Black and brown patient advocates are saying. You want to be listening to them. The lessons they're going to give you will change so much. And I think for the better of how you then determine managing something like like COVID-19.
0: Good point. Now, I see that we're pretty bad in terms of being ranked in terms of all the other countries in the world, in terms of our participation from a population standpoint, with voting. Right. Mm-hmm. When only 55 percent of eligible voters cast ballots in 2016 puts us among the lowest of OECD countries. Man, So do you think it's going to come to a point? And this is just me just chatting with you. Instead. Yeah. You think it'll come to a point where we have to be like Australia and just force people <laughs> you know, to vote? Like what's up with that?
1: You know, I have to say one thing that I find remarkable and I will not name the parties, but there is a party in our country that makes voting hard for people. And there's a party that's trying to make it easier for people. I really do think that that is something that really impacts you. So in helping some of my patients just to register to vote, if you got one detail wrong, like if you just messed up, like if you said, if you left a space in the wrong place, the entire application invalidates and you got to start again. Now, if you're thinking, you know, if you don't have time or you hate doing stuff online or you just don't like paperwork stuff and you have to do all of that to get to vote, that's going to not make it the easiest for you. You know, someone literally said to me yesterday, Doc, I'm glad you helped me with this. I've been trying to do it and it's not that easy, right? We have made it so that registering to vote, finding out your poll place, all of it isn't super, super intuitive. There are places where you pick up your phone and your ballot, everything you need is right there. If our country went to that, I think we could get to voting rates that are closer to 75%. We made, you know, election day a national holiday. We can get to incredible. One of the other things we have to do that when we talk with colleagues around the country is we have to say to them, do you guys have coverage come election day? You don't have yes. coverage, right? No have coverage. I was going to mention election? that to you. I yeah. felt bad.
0: I felt bad when I was in 2008, went to go vote early, right? Yeah. Because first it was early, but I knew that I wasn't going to get a chance on November 3rd to get yeah. coverage. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, chief of a small service at that time. But like, I knew, like those are the things that residents yeah. I know think of. Am I going to have time to do this? And I'm sure as attendings, should I ask like my colleague to take time off to go and vote? Like, are they even going to give me time? Yeah, keep going. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut. No, you. no, no,
1: no, cut me off because that's such an important part. So part of the reason we have an initial called the morning rounds.
0: Yeah, talk about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll join any meeting, like where the folks that are doing this, you know, are pretty gangster. They will come to any meeting. So is it huddles, grand rounds, morning report? Y'all are just walking down the street together. You want to call us in? We will come. And it takes us about two to three minutes to get through the material. We will talk with you about how you yourself can vote, how you can get your colleagues to vote, how you can get your patients to vote. Now, the colleagues part is so interesting.
0: Wait, explain this. So somebody contacts your organization and says that we want you to do rounds?
1: Yeah, so you basically just say, hey, we want you to join us for a meeting. Uh, Send a note to info, I-N-F-O at votehealth2020.com. And you just say, hey, can someone from your group join our meeting? So we'll call into whatever meeting you're having and we'll just talk about, kind of like how you and I are talking, we'll talk for about two minutes about how to get every one of those groups, your patients, Your peers and your community to vote. And we focus because we have such limited time, we focus mainly on your peers. And one of the things that we say is Do you have residents? What are your residents' schedules around that time? If many of them are in the ICU or the CCU or, you know, really intense, longer rotation, do they have coverage to be able to vote in person? Or, you know, at this point, do you want to remind them to just request their absentee ballots because they can't? If you're an attending on service, can you hold your residence pagers, you know, a day for them to go? Hey. I don't
0: know about that. I don't know. About that.
1: I, don't know about that. I got to write H&P? You're doing it for the democracy, you know? I got to write h But it's like suggestions like that, you know, that that we go through. And people kind of get excited. They're like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I don't mind doing that. Or I don't mind, you know, just reminding people, oh, if you're on service and you can't get out to vote, make sure you get your absentee ballot requested today because there's funniness with USPS. So who knows how, you know. But like all the stuff that we have to make sure people are thinking about when we join the meetings, we just have you kind of talk through that and come up with a plan, you know, talk with your colleagues and say, hey, like I'm taking one for the team. I will cover everyone's pagers, you know, just buy me lunch or whatever and y'all go out and vote. Um, And it becomes like a fun collegial thing. So that's our morning report initiative. But even more than that, I would say just make sure if you're working around the time that early voting has happened, you know, happening on election or election day itself, that you have the ability to get covered to go and vote. Like you working, I'm sorry, cannot be the excuse for you to not vote. It's just, it's too important this election season.
0: Now the information and the resources page, do you have to sign up with Vote Health to get this information or you just go to the website and download it? Tell us how that's, someone is like, oh, this is great. What do I do next?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, it's all free 99. I.
0: That's my favorite number.
1: No, for real. And we actually sit and we make sure that the number of clicks you have to have to get to the stuff that you need is like as little as possible, because we don't want any reason that you're like, these people are too difficult. This is too hard for you to do. You know, like we want it to be that you literally get on the website, find the flyers you want to print, you print them, put them up. I don't care if you tell me that you've printed them. I don't care if you, you know, say that it's from another organization. Doesn't matter. You use the tools the way you need them. And then, you know, all of us are busy. Like I do a lot of work with clinical transformation. So
0: what is that? We got pre-meds and even med students.
1: I really love this idea of how do we design our health system to be like most useful for our patients. And so the way that you design your clinical workflows, the way that you train your staff to do the work, all of that kind of falls on this idea of clinical redesign and transformation. And so that's work that I've done with the health system. I'm on Sinai. Work that I I did with a healthcare consulting group, Premier. And I stepped down from my full time role in part because I wanted to do all of this stuff before the election. But I mentioned how busy everyone at Vote Health is because everyone, all my colleagues, Dr. Sharma, Dr. Lair, Dr. Khan, they're all super busy with their full time jobs. But this is so important that there will never be a time that you reach out to us for morning report or anything else that we don't get back to you within 24 hours. So I say that because I want you to leave this kind of talk in your mind. No one, register to vote, make sure you're all set. Two, Please help us get out the vote by coming to the website, getting all the materials that you need, or three, invite us, you know, to one of your meetings and we'll just talk you through it and make it super easy. But ease is the design element that we really try to embed in the work that we're doing.
0: Boom. There it is. Dr. Stella Safo, representing Vote Health 2020. Thank you so much for coming on Docs Outside the Box, talking about how you guys are committed to helping your peers as well as patients register to vote and vote safely this fall. This is dope. I highly encourage everyone to jump on this. This is the reason why I wanted to have you on the show. I'm putting out this show immediately so that it can get out to the masses and keep doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. Really, really, really appreciate you giving us this platform.
0: Thank you. And is there, besides VoteHealth2020.com, is there any other way that they can contact you? Is that the primary way to contact you guys? Yeah,
1: if you want to get right to me, Send me an email at Stella, S-T-E-L-L-A at bothhealth 2020com You know, we're on Twitter, we're everywhere. Send a note and we'll make sure we find you.